Hi, everybody. I'm Brad Behrens, Editor-in-Chief here at the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Thank you for joining us for IAB There. Given the news of the day, we thought it would be more appropriate to reschedule the topic we had planned for today and instead to share with you an encore presentation of Driving Meaningful and Measurable Results Through Diversity and Inclusion with Monique Nelson of UWG. We hope you enjoy this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us for I Be There. Now your host, Brad Barons. Over to you, Brad. Hi there, everybody. My name is Brad Behrens. I'm the Editor-in-Chief here at the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Welcome to IAB There, our daily live stream and where we are trying to connect the advertising ecosystem uh, with each other. Thank you so much for joining us. We're always thrilled to have you. Today's topic, driving meaningful and measurable business results through diversity and inclusion. Our guests today are Cheryl Goldstein, our Executive Vice President here at the IAB of uh, member engagement and development. She will be in conversation with Monique Nelson. Monique is the chair and CEO of Uniworld Group, which uh, is usually known as UWG. Let's bring uh, Cheryl and Monique into the stream. And while they are coming, let me explain how to ask questions of them if you have them. And that's through Twitter. So if you would please post any questions on Twitter using the hashtag, all caps, one word, IAB there. One more time, that's IAB there, all caps, one word. We will grab the questions and we will share them with uh, Cheryl and Monique. Monique Nelson, Cheryl Goldstein, welcome to IAB there. Thanks for hello, coming. Hello, thank you, Brad. All right, I'm gonna fade away. Have a wonderful talk. Thank you so much for doing this and I'll see everybody tomorrow. Thanks, awesome. Brad. Hello, Monique. So great to see you again. Nice to what? see you. Why don't I just start off with a little bit of your background for our audience. Uh, you are the chair and chief executive officer of UWG or Uniworld Global, the country's longest standing multicultural marketing agency. You've been at the helm since May 2012 after the pioneer founder Byron Lewis retired. You have offices in Brooklyn, which is your main office, but also Detroit, Atlanta, Miami, got an amazing roster of clients, including Ford Motor, Colgate Palmolive, Home Depot, Picardi, Coca-Cola, US Marines. You are one of the country's leading multicultural agencies, but you service clients with general market, black, Hispanic, Asian, and LGBT consulting across all media, marketing, and advertising disciplines. Monique, I'm so happy to have you here today. And our focus is really on an area that you are widely known as an expert in, which is diversity and inclusion. And I think the first place to start is, I've, people collapse the two, they say diversity and inclusion is as if it's one thing, and they're really two very separate things. What's the difference between diversity and inclusion? So I just have a very simple analogy that I use, and you know, Cheryl, you've heard this before, you know, diversity really is being invited to the party. Right. It's uh, it, and in business terms, it's the metrics, it's the numbers of it all. Right. Um, whereas inclusion is being asked to dance. Right. It's one thing to be at the party, but then if no one asked you to dance, it wasn't a good time. Right. You did not enjoy yourself. Right. So we really do talk about the two having to come together. You want to not only be invited, you want to enjoy the party, <laughs> you want to be asked to dance. And then we also talk about equity you know, which is really making sure that everyone has 
a good time, right? Everyone mm. has the same um, availability, you know, that you have the same opportunities as everyone within that environment. So the three work really well together. You need first and foremost, you know, have, have the party that everybody can come to. Second, have everyone be invited to participate or dance. And then third, make sure that everyone has the same um, availability, right? You wanna make sure they can go get a drink, everybody can go get something to eat, you know, that it's available to everyone equitably. So how do you, what are some tips for creating, and let's focus on inclusion first, and especially in this virtual world, how do companies create an inclusive environment? What are some of the things you recommend? And then how do you do it virtually? Well, I think you do the same thing that you would do physically, right? You would, you know, have some sort of engagement um, platform or process, something that everyone can get involved in. You know, lots of folks have been doing, you know, the Zoom parties. Those are really important. If you had town halls, you want to make sure you're doing more of those. It's no less. It's actually more, right? People now have the ability to almost be disconnected. And we mm. want to lean in really hard to make sure that they know not only that they're appreciated, but that they actually conform during this time. So I've been doing something really simple. I've just been calling everybody on my, on my you know, at UWG. I just pick up the phone in breaks between meetings and just say, hey, how you doing? Some people are giggling. Other people are, you know, just like, wow, I can't believe she called. But it's, it's important. And it's important that your people understand that you care, that you care more about them than ultimately the business right now, right? They are your business. We are now in a, in a point in time where we can really see that without the humans, none of this works. That's so, so you're calling every one of your employees just, hey, it's the CEO checking in on you. Wow, that's fantastic. That's great. I'm sure they love that. So how do you track, it's easy to track diversity, right? We've hired X number of people and but how do you know that you're creating inclusive environment? How, what kind of ROI, how do you track and measure that? We can track that through retention. We can track mm -hmm. that through promotions. You can track that through engagement, right? Lots of organizations track that information. We can see when people are engaged, right? They're happier at work. They're doing great work. They're productive. Their teams talk about them, right? When you see evaluations, you see 360s that people are like, this is an awesome person to work with, or she always contributes, or he's always available when we need them. These are the types of adjectives that you want to hear about an engaged workforce. You know when it's not, right? You right, know right. the average scores of evaluations are extremely disparate between different groups. Well, there's something going on there, and we need to look at that. And there is an ROI to that. You know it costs more to get someone new than it is to keep somebody you have. Right. So right. let's really just talk about the brass tacks of what that money looks like, right? Going to a search firm to find someone new that you could have kept is really important. And we should be really thoughtful about what that ROI looks like and how do we attack it in a way that we haven't really looked at. Now, what about diversity? You hear a lot of companies saying, oh, we're mandating X number of women, people of color. That's to me the obvious side of diversity, but what are they missing? When you think about a diverse culture, what should the, the things that companies should be thinking about to bring about diversity and why is that important? I think you have to really look at your environment, right? It's one thing to invite a whole bunch of people or even hire a whole bunch of diverse folks. 
but is your environment ready to receive them? Mm. I hear a lot of times, you know, we hired all these wonderfully smart, you know, black and Asian and Latino kids. And, you know, we, we, we wanted them to love what we were offering, but they didn't put anything in place to support them. Right. It's so important that supports there. That's why ERGs are really important. That's why mentors and sponsor programs are really important, whether it be internal or external. I can give you, you know, one of the anecdotes when I joined Motorola many, many years ago, <laughs> um, I remember my manager who happened to be a white male say to me, you know what? I don't know what it's like to be a black female in a tech environment, but I've got a list of women that I'd love for you to reach out to. And he gave me that list on my first day. And it was the most transformative, I'm sure, you know, easy thing, but it, to this day, these women are a part of my life. And they were able to help me navigate a place that my boss ultimately knew he couldn't. And that's sound, but that sounds so authentic and unusual for a manager to just address it so bluntly. Like, look, I'm not well, he, an, a, an African-American woman. He, he happened to be married to a DNI specialist. So okay. I won't lie. I think he, he got, got good coaching then. Got okay. Coaching, right? <laughs> it's really important. Uh, but I know that that experience propelled me to the, the position I'm in now. Right. I can't overlook the fact that a senior leader took that kind of effort to make sure that I would be trained to be a leader. Right. Uh, and in the best possible format. And it sounds like adding that layer of authenticity is really important too. Like to try and do things that seem like it's the right thing to do versus it coming from a very genuine, authentic place. People notice that, you know, Absolutely. you can always tell. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's critical. So what about recruiting? One of the things that I see in our industry is there's really a, like a lack of diversity at senior levels. And I think part of it is that we tend to recruit people that, are, that look like us, that are like us. We tend to go to places to recruit people that we're familiar with. How can people diversify their recruiting efforts to get more diverse candidates? Well, I think it's, it's looking for other places to find talent uh, and also looking at your, your job rec rec requirements. A lot of times I will, you know, talk about the fact that strategists are really strong researchers. They are really great at writing. They are strong, hopefully at problem solving. Well, you know, who else is really good at that? PhD students, <laughs> right? People who have written a dissertation. They're deeply ingrained in something. I found one of my best strategists out of uh, a PhD program. She had a specialty in Hispanic culture. It was, she was teaching, it was putting her feet to sleep. And once we were able to kind of take that thought process and bringing it in, into what we do in, in communications and advertising and DNI, it just brought her to life. And all of a sudden that became a new track of recruitment for us. It became wow. a new area for us to really think that through. So I think we can be a little more imaginative about whose skills really are transferable and who can now be a part of this. And one of the things that this environment will offer us are people that are differently able, folks that may not be able to leave their wow. homes, but now they could contribute. This should open that aperture a lot for us to look a little differently. You know, moms now, now everybody's kids are interrupting them in the middle of a meeting. Um, so we should all be a little more tolerant of saying that mom and that dad who's working from home is a valuable participant in our workforce. And I'm, I'm actually optimistic about that. I feel great that that could be an opportunity for us to think a little differently about how we recruit and why. 
So it sounds like if companies are willing to spend a little bit more effort in educating people about the industry and focusing more on the skills needed for a role, that you can broaden um, your candidate pool significantly. You have to be willing to teach them the basics of the industry, but if they have the skills that are innate, you could probably you know, end up with some brilliant uh, folks on your team coming from all different places. Because every company is, is, is its own entity anyway, right? It has its right. own culture, it has its own process and procedures. You're gonna have to teach that anyway. Right. So, you know, the good part is, you know, we don't say that when we think about interns, right? We don't talk about that. When we think about first hires, let's, let's really be thoughtful about that we need people from all walks of life. Right. And especially in advertising, right? Remember, we are what we create, right? We're not only the agents, we're also the consumers. So we want to reflect who we're serving. And uh, I don't think there's any better way. And that's one of the things we really pride ourselves at UWG on is we are what we create. We are a diverse group of people. We do have all walks of life and that's really important and it comes through in the work. So one thing that you and I talked about last week that I want to bring up here is we're all in hibernation now, but very soon we're going to be coming back to, we all, I think, agree a new normal. I don't think anyone thinks we're going to go back to things status quo the way they were before all this happened. What are some things companies should think about for re-entry strategies? Like suddenly you're going to have to start bringing people back into the working world what are some sensitivities, some recommendations, things that you're telling your own managers and your clients about re-entry? Uh, one of the things is definitely to be, be agile, right? Know that none of this is equal. Uh, the other thing is listen to your people. They're gonna tell you exactly what they need. If they have a way to express themselves, they will. I've heard from some people already, you know what, Monique, I'm not gonna get on the train. I'm not comfortable. Right? These are people, I'm not gonna fire them, we'll make accommodations, right? We're going to make accommodations for people that have either a longer lead, they don't wanna jump right back in. We're gonna to have to really be thoughtful about that. You know, that, that same mom who is home now because of shelter in place is going to be at home because there's no school. Right. There's no camp, <laughs> right? Like where are you putting the five-year-old? Where are you putting the three-year-old? You're gonna be you're gonna be sheltering in place whether you want to or not because you got to take care of your child. So you know, or elderly parent or whatever you know, other issues are coming around this process. So listening is going to be critical. Making sure that you're saying something that's helpful. You know, a lot of brands, as you can see now, are you know, if it's not really directly around helping people through this environment, a lot of them are dormant, and that's okay. Right. If you don't have something to say that's going to ease someone's pain, make them feel better, hopefully, um, or help, you know, now's probably the time to you know, retool, figure out what it looks like. And it's going to be a slower reentry than I think people imagine, but it's going to be a safer one. And that's really ultimately what we want. Again, I can't stress enough. We now know how important the humans are. Right. <laughs> do every day. So we got to protect them at all costs. So to, to the leaders out there, your people are, are precious, right? Not commodities, they're precious. Be flexible, be patient, listen, and come up with creative ways to accommodate because this is gonna be a challenge for all of us. 
And then I want to flip a little bit because you're also an expert on marketing to multicultural audiences. So there's the diversity inclusion, creating the right culture, the right workplace, but also advising brands on how to connect with what's, what's really changing is this diverse um, demographic out there. So can you talk a little bit about what I've always known as general market and then multi multicultural, where general market is this, multicultural is this, but things are changing and are brands getting that and are they shifting? Give me your sure. thoughts on that. Give the audience your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately it's it's a process, right? As as we move into a multicultural, you know, majority, you know, we know the under eighteen population is already there. Uh, they are, you know, a a mixed bag of you know delicious culture, right? That is going to be a really interesting scenario, and we need to do the same for the external audiences. Uh, being very thoughtful in this point in time, as we see that our you know, African-American, Hispanic, Latinx, uh, Asian communities are really being disproportionately affected, right? Mm -hmm. Our Asian community from a perspective of, you know, just, you know, being, you know, discriminated against in this environment, mm -hmm. right? Whether, you know, they are Chinese or otherwise, we've got to be really thoughtful that these are people now facing, you know, uh, obstacles that weren't there prior to this. Um, you know, our African-American and Latin, X communities that are, you know, really being um, affected based on health and health disparities that were already there, uh, that this only exacerbated. So we are definitely trying to make sure that for the brands that we work with and others, that we are leaning in in the most positive way to make sure that we are supporting those communities that we've always supported. Uh, and then otherwise making sure that we are continuing to push that message out uh, to different groups, whether it be communities, CBOs, um, you know, and other entities that are supporting those communities and ensuring that we'll be here for them. And I think that's going to be important because this doesn't end, you know, when we stop sheltering in place. This is going to be a longer tail and we have a lot of people hurting, you know, there's lots of folks that are, you know, furloughed, out of work, um, and what can we do as a community to help either retrain folks so that they can find that new amazing job, um, or making sure that there are opportunities for them in different sectors so that we can shift their focus if their job never materializes. Yeah, it's, it seems to me that brands are getting that a little bit now. I'm seeing a lot of new creative coming out that is seems very authentic and genuine. Uh, they put their campaigns on pause and said, wait a minute, let's retract and see what's going on and then come back out with a new message. It seems like they're they're trying to have that tone and sensitivity to what's happening in the marketplace right now, but do brands really understand the shifting dynamic, the demographics that general market of yesterday is quickly becoming multicultural? Do you see the brands are catching on to that as an overall uh, understanding I so. of? I think so. I think what the I think the challenge is really how is that going to affect my business? right? Or it. does it, right? And I think that's where, you know, we try to dimensionalize, monetize, you know, and give people a sense of, you know, well, how big is this opportunity for your brand? What are the necessary changes that need to happen either in your messaging or your targeting or, you know, your product development even, right? What mm -hmm. are some of the things that you need to do to capture this new um, growing audience, right? This is your growth trajectory moving forward. Right. If the majority of 
young people under the age of 18 are multicultural, they will be the majority of your multicultural people when they turn 21, right? Right, right, right. So, you know, we can only kick the can, but, you know, you're going to kick the can, but eventually the can, it's going to be there, right? So how do you address that? And ultimately, are you ready to retool for this new group of people? And I think everyone's having to deal with that because we're also living in a time where we have more generations living at once than ever. Right. Right. Like, Five generations simultaneously in the workforce together and dramatically and it, different. Absolutely. Every generation has its own culture, its own flavor and things that they believe to be true. And right. that's all living at the same time. So that also faces some challenges for all kinds of people and brands, right? How do I address all of these audiences? I don't want to offend any of them, right? Right. but I need them all. <laughs> so it's a delicate dance. The beauty about technology is that we are able to do this work, be really thoughtful about who we're talking to, and make sure that we are sending the right message to the right people at the right time. I love that. So we love what you're doing so much that at the IAB, we've actually partnered with, your, with you and your company to develop a series of programs around diversity and inclusion. Would you mind just sharing a little bit, this is a little bit of a plug here, but share a little bit about what the courses are, who should take them and what you can get out of them. So we are so excited to do this with you guys. It is absolutely um, a pleasure. So you know, thank you again. But this is really about inclusive leadership. We are really, really excited about making sure that our middle managers, our senior managers, you know, even our HR folks and CFOs are really involved in the fact that diversity is a way to do business, right? DNI is a process of integration and business transformation. We definitely believe there, there's ROI in that at every level, but we wanna make sure that everyone is tooled and ready to make this a part of their everyday practice. So the training is really about that. It's about the integration of all of the things that you're doing and ensuring that we uh, bring that to life. We also have a nice little piece that we're putting around it now called PLUS, which is people living under stress, right? That's mm. really what this is. This PLUS environment is real and we can't ignore it anymore. We're gonna be in it for quite a while but we want to take that into account. We want to take people's mental health into account. We want to talk about the fact that family and friends may be unemployed. Uh, we want to talk about frontline friends and family, right? The new hero is now our, you know, grocery store checker. That's right. <laughs> right? There's, there are new people that we are, you know, involved with. I mean, hopefully we're talking about homeschooling and what does that mean, yeah. you know, and how does that affect everything? So we really are going to wrap that all up in, Oh, and by the way, we got to still work <laughs> so, and we've got to be ready for this new group of people to come into work and let's get ready for it full steam ahead. And we're super excited to uh, deliver this work with you guys. Yeah, we're thrilled to have it. So for, for those interested uh, throughout May, I think starting May 5th, we'll have a snippet, a little overview of the program, a freebie, a training Tuesday, and then a series of programs with you throughout May. And then we'll continue doing them. Marketplace needs it. We will continue to do that. I did see an interesting meme where they showed that the new Olympic team, and it was made up of all frontline workers, grocery store clerks. You're, you're right. That is our new, our new heroes are really the frontline workers. 
Uh, so we only have a few minutes left. I want to do what I call wows, words of wisdom. And we could go on for hours with you <laughs> filling the time with words of wisdom. But I want to do this in what I call a stop-start format. So what is something that they should stop doing and what should they start doing? And let's start with brands. So one thing that you think brands should stop doing and something they should start doing. Um, any brand always should stop doing things that aren't good for their brand. <laughs> I think that's great advice. And what would you suggest they start doing? Always innovate. Always innovate. Just more innovation, more ingenuity to get through this and what's coming next is going to be about continuing to innovate and bring all, is, all, all the brains that can power your movement is going to be so important always more diversity, more inclusion, more equity, and just driving that home, I think is just always going to be a, a winning strategy. What about agencies? How can they be better partners to brands? What should they stop doing? What should they start doing? Agencies are always, the one thing about agencies is that our flexibility is the key. Um, I think agility is going to win every time. We need to be anticipating the needs of our clients as always, giving them ideas, being creative, offering them counsel and continuing to, you know, to walk that path with them uh, to the best of our ability and offering them strategies that are uh, important to their business. And then stop just selling, right? We can't just sell. Mm. It's not about selling. It's now really gonna be about partnership and, and bringing you know, really valuable insights and important processes and procedures to our clients every time we can. And what about for all of us at home? What should we stop doing? What should we start doing? Well, I, first of all, I'm a very, you know, pragmatic but optimistic person. I want everyone to know that this too shall pass. I think that's important uh, to know that we will come out of this and that's important. Um, take the time right now to dream a little, right? If you have some extra time, if you have you know, some ability to train and do some things, be, be that person. Um, and certainly if you can give, give, give where you can. Um, mm. I've been paying my hairdresser. I can't go, but mm. I know he can't make any money, right? I'm, I'm paying the babysitter, you know, I'm paying the people that, you know, that I can just to, to help. And I think right now it's time to be compassionate. It's time to, you know, give, whatever you can, even if it's time, you know, just be that peer counselor, be that ear uh, that people want to, to hear and, and, and know it's, it's a trying time and, and folks really do appreciate that phone call and um, just do whatever you can. I couldn't agree more. Those are great wows. Words of wisdom from the fabulous Monique Nelson. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And I will share with you what we can expect for tomorrow. So we'll thank you, Monique. We'll see you soon and look for our programs with you in May. Thanks guys, have a great day. Okay, folks, so tomorrow on IAB There, we will have uh, the legendary Sir Martin Sorrell of S4 Capital. And he will look to share best practices for overcoming the challenges brought about by the COVID-19 crisis. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ants, John Ward, Tafika, 
Mohinenden, and Haley Bloom. I'm Cheryl Goldstein. Thanks so much for watching. Come back tomorrow because if it's 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, you know it's time to IAB there. Thank you so much and have a great day.